When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Thursday, December 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, fresh off a flight from Nashville. Music City in the rearview mirror. The winter meetings are over. Hoynes, did the Guardians win out at the at the winter meetings? Did they, did they have a great winter meetings, or or was this uh, you know uh, another sort of uh, you know pass the buck along? Uh, was this a great winter meetings for the Guardians? Uh, I think it was a lucky uh, winter meetings <laughs> for the Guardians, Joe. You know, they kind of rolled a seven in the uh, in the MLB draft lottery. You know, they came out of there, you know, with a two. They came in, they went in with a two percent chance of winning the number one pick, and uh, they come out uh, winning the number one pick. It was, you know, like a thousand to one shot, and uh, they came home, and that kind of saved the. Uh, Save the meetings for Cleveland because, you know, they did very little else uh, besides that. And we don't know if they've, you know, set the f- groundwork for a, a deal in the next two or three weeks, you know, at, at uh, Nashville. But right now it was kind of a quiet winter meetings except for them coming out of nowhere to uh, get the top pick uh, in, in the 2024 draft. Yeah, and then on the final day in the, the Rule 5 draft, uh, they actually made a move. They made a selection. Uh, and they plucked uh, the number five prospect out of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, uh, organization, uh, a third baseman, which kind of surprising. You and I had both sort of figured that they would be targeting maybe bullpen help uh, in, in the in the Rule Five draft. But the uh, the move to uh, designate Oscar Gonzalez and clear a spot on the forty man roster uh, pays off with Davison De Los Santos, a twenty year old uh, Dominican third baseman. With plus plus power, as is as he is described, uh, 5'10", 185 pounds, but can hit the ball out of any ballpark. And uh, the only problem is, uh, sort of like Oscar Gonzalez, he, he his profile is a lot of swing and miss. Yeah, Joe, and uh, I think uh, they feel that, like you said, he's only 20 years old. They can work with him and maybe try to get him to make you know, have that same kind of production, but to do it more consistently. And, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see if that happens, you know, that's, <laughs> but I guess if you're 20, you, you still got some room to improve and uh, maybe that's what they're counting on. I just wonder, Joe, how they're going to get him enough at bats, uh, to keep him sharp. You know, you got to keep him on the 26 man roster or you, you have to uh, offer him back to Arizona 
And if you do keep him on the 20, you know, six man roster, you're pretty much playing a man short for a rookie manager, uh, you know, Stephen Vogt. So interesting situation. Yeah. What do you make of all this and, and the, the ripple effect that it's going to have? Like, do you, do you like this? Cause, cause I kind of, I, I was really shocked and surprised when I saw the, uh, who the pick was, especially that it was a position player, especially that it was a third baseman. You know, you pretty, you got a pretty good third baseman there uh, already in, in five-time all-star Jose Ramirez. Now, granted, he's going to need some, some days off. And Tito started that, you know, last year and the year before with, with giving him uh, days off of his feet in the field. But you've got infielders in this organization on this 40-man roster already uh, with big league experience that, that you, you wouldn't necessarily have to hide. You can give Tyler Freeman some more at-bats. You can give Brian Rocchio a chance to break through here at, at some point. Uh, what uh, they, they must have been overwhelmed by something in, in Davis and De Los Santos' profile that, uh, that made them want to you know, roll the dice on a guy like this who they're going to have to keep on the roster, like you said, uh, if they want to have a future with him. Yeah, I think the one thing is power, Joe. None of those guys you mentioned, you know, show, have shown us they can hit the ball out of the park at the big league level. Uh, you know, um, you know, a Freeman, what, I think he had five home runs uh, this past season. We haven't really seen Rokio, so that's not really fair to him. You know, he's he's shown some a bit of power in the minors. Uh, but uh, this guy, you know, the, you know, his profile is is power, you know, is production. The uh, the Guardians finished last in the league and or last in the big leagues in home runs this year, and second last in uh, in in homers two years ago. They were 27th in runs scored. You know, I think this is a gamble uh, on their part to try to improve their production. They can't go out and make a Juan Soto deal. They can't go sign uh, you know a uh, uh, Cody Bellinger. Uh, you know, they've got. They've got to work around the edges to improve their power, and I think this is the way. This is one one way to do it. Yeah, it was uh, sort of an up and down after a, a 2022 season for for De Los Santos, where he hit 20 home runs, you know, drove in 106 runs, and and really had a sort of a breakout year, and that's what really you know upped his profile in the the prospect rankings. Uh, he struggled uh, a bit in. Um, in the offseason, in the Arizona Fall League between uh, 2022 and 2023, uh, and and really started the, the first maybe 50 or 60 games of last season, uh, you know, really striking out a lot, uh, not putting the ball in play. And uh, he, he went on their development list. He was actually taken out of games and, uh, you know, missed some time while working on his swing and then came back the second half of last season and was really gangbusters over the uh, – um, the, the final half of the, uh, the season, his numbers dramatically improved and, you know, he was able to remain uh, among their, their top uh, 10 prospects, uh, heading into the off season. Uh, curious that the, the Diamondbacks, you know, left him exposed, but, uh, you know, the, the guardians probably had a, had an eye on him, uh, you know, more than a week ago when they made the, uh, the move to, with the, with Gonzalez as, as he was released and, and was picked up by the Yankees. Um, this uh, his positional versatility. Uh, I know you you spoke to some uh, some executives about this, and you know where he might end up playing if he's not uh, in the lineup at, at third base uh, on a regular basis. 
where else could we see him on the field if he gets a chance to play? Yeah, we talked to Matt Foreman, uh, one of Cleveland's assistant general managers after the Rule 5 draft. Uh, he said, you know, obviously he can play third base, he can play first base, and he said he told them after uh, the Guardians drafted him uh, that he was willing to, uh, you know, try out in the outfield. So, you know, I mean, uh, a power bat in the outfield, Joe, think about that. Mm-hmm. In Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a shock? Uh, I think I, you know, I, I almost fell over when they said that, you know, we don't, we're not going to have a little guy out there, you know, running around that uh, hits uh 260 or 250 or 240. Just, we, they could have a guy out there that can actually hit the ball out of the park. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, with that, he's got to have a glove on his hand and, and who knows what yeah. he's going to yeah. be giving you there. So uh, you, you've got, you know, two or three, you've got, Really, right now on in in your outfield, you've got three, you know, plus plus defenders uh, that you know hit to marginally different degrees. So who knows uh, what the outfield makeup is going to look like going into it? But if he's going to try out there, then then maybe uh, we we've seen infielders try in, in the outfield for for Cleveland over the last several years. Uh, the Ahmed Rosario experiment comes to mind, and and you know when you put a an outfield glove on an infielder, it doesn't always necessarily work out uh but just just going back to his power and that that raw power that scouts talk about and it's described literally as plus plus he's he is a uh you know a power at all costs sort of hitter as he's been described by some scouts uh exit velocity averaged 106.5 last season that's 90th percentile among players 21 years or younger uh, in, in, uh, in, in, you know, double A and, and single A last season. So, uh, this guy can definitely drive the ball out of the park. It's something they haven't really had, uh, on the major league roster, uh, with, a, in a, for, in a consistent basis from a right-handed hitter, uh, pure right-handed hitter in, in a while. So, uh, sure. Hey, great. Let's, let's see what they can do here. Because like you said, this was the only way they were going to get a guy who profiles in this way. Yeah, Joe, and, you know, you raise a good point because, uh, you know, we've seen guys tra- try to transition into the outfield and it takes a time. To- it takes time. You know, these, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, uh, it just, it, it, it's a hard transition to make. And then, you know, with Cleveland, you, it seems like every outfielder has to be able to play all three different positions. And that's one thing if you're doing it at double A AA or triple A, but now, if you're going to try that with uh, with uh, De Los Santos now, you're going to have to do it in the big leagues. And when are you going to do that? In, in batting practice, I guess. <laughs> but you're, not, you're you're certainly not going to run him out there during the regular season, not if you're serious about winning games. And, you know, you brought in uh, Kai Correa. You brought in Ruglis Odor uh, as your infield coach. Uh, you, you're more equipped right now as a coaching staff, I think, uh, to – to sort of nurture and develop a, a, an infielder as opposed to developing an outfielder. You need to bring in an outfielder who's already got a glove on his arm and knows what he's doing with it out there. That, that to me is, is what it is. And that really does tell me that maybe they're thinking Ramon Laureano is going to play a, you know, a bigger part than, than what any of us are thinking. Uh, maybe he's your starting everyday right fielder uh, un, until this, uh, you know, the, until things shake out. But uh, I, I, I would, be shocked to see, like you said, Davison De Los Santos get a lot of at bats 
uh, playing uh, in an outfield position in that lineup. Uh, uh, it, it'll be it'll be fun to to see how they they figure things out. What does this mean for you know? We mentioned Tyler Freeman and Brian Rocchio, and you know I think a lot of us think that Gabriel Arias is pretty much uh, you could sort of lightly pencil him in as the the guy to get the first crack at the starting shortstop job. Uh, what about uh, Kyle Manzardo? Does this mean you know if De Los Santos can can play a few innings at first base? Does the, as in a in a platoon with with uh, Josh Naylor, does this mean that Kyle Manzardo doesn't show up in the big leagues until you know late May, early June? Yeah, great point. And uh, you know, especially since De Los Santos is a right-handed hitter, you know, he could he could really you could platoon him and uh, you know Josh Naylor at first base and DH. They could you know bounce between those two positions and to give your lineup a lot more balance. You know, this is the lineup that's you know, kind of tilts to the left-handed hitters, um, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, a bat like De Los Santos could help balance that. And uh, Manzardo, you know, if he's not ready, if he really doesn't kind of just uh, take, you know, take spring training by storm, so to speak, you know, he would probably start at AAA, I would think. And and he's left-handed, too. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, so as far as balance goes, you know, you probably look at De Los Santos – before him, you know, they've got to keep him on the 26-man roster or they make a decision in spring training that he, that he's not a fit and they try and they have to send him back to Arizona or try to make a deal with Arizona where, you know, they can make a trade or, you know, that it's happened before where, you know, they give the, that, that team permission to, to uh, send him to uh, send him get him through waivers and they could send him to the minors and and let him develop more there. Yeah, that's a that, that's a possibility as well. I just keep thinking if Kyle Manzardo swung the bat from the right side of the plate, there would be no question he would be you know on this roster coming out of spring training, and uh, they they would be trying to make him uh, you know a, a, a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, I just I think just because he 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 swings from the left side, and like you said, this is a team that's that's loaded with uh, left-handed hitters. Um, I, I think uh, it, it's going to be a little while before Manzardo makes his appearance, unless something drastic happens between, you know, now and and the uh, the end of May. Uh, hey, speaking of teams that are left that have left-handed dominant hitting, uh, and and are adding to that left-handed dominant hitting, uh, finally the the Juan Soto trade went down. Uh, the Yankees, uh, of course, uh, step in and make the deal. For the 25-year-old All-Star, uh, they bring him in for a boatload of pitching talent that they send back to the Padres. Uh, Soto now on uh, you know one year of control. He's going to make about 30 million. Uh, no guarantee that he will sign an extension with the Yankees. However, uh, we pretty much once you're there, you're you're going to be there if they want you to. Uh, this is uh, this this is a lineup now that that is left-hand dominant, with the exception of Aaron Judge. Uh, you've got Soto, you've got Verdugo that they just brought in, you've got uh, Rizzo. Uh, it, it's it, they've got guys now that can hit the ball out to that short porch in right field at Yankee Stadium, and uh, this is a, a lineup to be reckoned with. 
Yeah, just uh, really an exciting trade if you're a Yankee fan. You know, the Yankees are acting like the Yankees again. You know, they're not uh, – I don't think they're I am, counting – I am, I am not a Yankee fan, by the way, just, just to make <laughs> that clear. That. Okay, but go ahead. Continue. Yeah. You know, they're not rubbing nickels together anymore, and uh, not that they ever did, but, you know, we, they were kind of fiscally uh, restraining themselves over the last couple of years, it seemed to me. But Soto is in there. They needed him. They wanted him. They they went out and got him. And they traded they traded five guys for one for for Soto for one year of Soto. It could be you know he could be he's a because like you said he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so just uh, you know a big time move by the Yankees and hopefully you know the, the, the if hopefully you know they're hopeful it'll pay off for him. Um, because, you know, Soto, is, Joe, he's only 25 years old. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I forgot how young he was. And he's, this guy's already what? He's played for, he's played for the, the Nationals. He's played for the Padres. Now he's going to play for the Yankees. You know, he's been around for, for, for a player this talented to be, you know, bopping around like that. That's unusual. Yeah. And uh, for his level of talent, I mean, this is a, he's a generational talent. And- yeah. It, it's the way that he, he he approaches his at bats. If you've watched him, uh, you know every every pitch. It, it's he he dissects the the pitcher and he understands the the situation. This is a guy who he's not just a you know a, a raw power sort of go out there and swing for the fences. I mean he is a a professional hitter and uh, it, you see it in his walk rate. It's elite. It's it's, it's super elite. Uh, he's exactly what that lineup needs. He's going to fit really nicely in their, their two hole, uh, right in front of, you know, possibly judge if they want to put judge at, at the three spot. Um, and you know, they've said they're going to bat, uh, DJ LeMayhew at, uh, at lead off possibly. I, who knows? This is, uh, it, it becomes a much, uh, longer lineup, a much deeper lineup now, uh, for New York. And, and yeah, like you said, uh, they've never really, uh, been uh, ones to not spend money and, and go out and try to make deals, but uh, this really seems like the the sort of bully move, the the you know pushing their their chips around that that you know we're used to seeing from the Yankees, and it it, it just it just emboldens their fans, and I just hate that. That's that's the part <laughs> that I hate the most is you know that expectation when when Cleveland got the number one pick in the in the draft, what was the first thing that everybody said besides oh they're going to take a shortstop. Everybody, everybody on uh, on online was was posting about, you know, oh well, in six years or in in seven or eight years, the guy will be a Yankee anyways, and and that's the attitude and that's the the um, the approach that that their fans have when they make a move like this, it just emboldens them to think that they they run the show and it's it's all about them, and I I just I can't stand the the national media that follow them, it, it's just a, a whole thing, yeah I. If I sound like Napoleon, that's I, I don't care. That's 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 what it is. <laughs> but Joe D- Soto, when he was with the Nationals, this guy turned down a 15-year, 440 million dollar extension, the, and the Nationals traded him to San Diego after he turned that down. What do you think it's going to take for the Yankees to keep this guy if that's their inclination? And I would imagine they didn't get this guy for one year. No, it's going to be one dollar more than what Shohei Otani makes whenever he signs <laughs> where, wherever he goes. That that that's what it's going to be. Yeah, because uh, he's that, this he's a Boros guy, right? I think. Right. It's, exactly. It's going to be he's going to go for that last dollar, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, 
I looked at it was it was it uh, John Heyman uh, posted a he put up a ridiculous tweet that listed uh, he ranked the best hitters in baseball or, or whatever. And he didn't even have Ronald Acuna on there. You know, the National League MVP wasn't even on the list, but he had Soto ranked ahead of Otani. And I think that that's the that's the New York media bias right there in in a nutshell. And it was perfect. So I saw that I, and, I, and I just laughed. I, I, I thought, you know, you're talking about the American League MVP and you're talking about a guy who, who does does everything uh, except, uh, you know, make make it clear where he wants to go in free agency. That, that's the one thing he's he's being very secretive. And apparently people are are bashing Shohei Otani now. Uh, for for not wanting to be open yeah, about yeah. you know this this whole process. Well, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't tell anybody the name of his dog. <laughs> come on, so what? Why are I we know. making a big deal about this? And why does ESPN expect that they are just owed that information? Uh, this is a guy making a decision about where he's going to spend the next ten years of his life. Uh, I mean, he's he's done things the right way. He has earned the right to tell us as much or as little whenever he wants about what his decision is. I know it's our job to, to dig and keep asking and, and doing all that, but come on, if the guy wants to make a surprise announcement, he's going to make a surprise announcement. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. I like the, uh, the zoom call by Russ Atkins with the, the whiteboard in back of him. <laughs> yeah. like he's like in some secret, you know, like underground bunker, <laughs> but he can't, he can't reveal his, uh, his, <laughs> he can't where, reveal his location. <laughs> where would you like to see Otani end up? Where would you, I'd, I'd uh, love you know, to see, I'd love to see Otani in Toronto. I, I, I think Toronto. that would be great. Yeah. I'd really, you know, he'd, he'd hit in the dome. You know, that means we could see him, you know, a, a relatively, you know, I think we could see him a little more than if he goes to the West Coast. He'd be, mm-hmm. well, I guess, you know, with the balanced schedule, you're, you're, but we probably could get to see him at least three times at home, right? I would right. think. Well, we would get to see him more and we would get to see him more nationally because being on the East Coast, it, it, yeah. would, be, it would be easier that way. But, uh, you know, he would have reasons for wanting to be on the West Coast, being cl- that much closer to Japan and, and the time zones and all that for, you know, uh, his fans there to, to to wake up and watch him. But, uh, you know, I would I would I would actually like to see him in Seattle. I think that would be a great fit for him. You know, yeah. The, and um, Seattle's been shedding money. I mean, they've been sh- uh, shedding salary. So maybe they're clearing space because they think they have a shot at him. Uh, you know, Shohei Otani has a, a sense of history and has a sense of, uh, you know, his place in, in the game and all that. And obviously uh, probably grew up, uh, you know, honoring uh, Ichiro. So to, to play in the city where Ichiro played uh, the majority of his career would, would probably be really a, a huge thrill for him. Uh, and, and Seattle's a good young club that can win. I, I think you, you put Shohei Otani on that on that club and, and they're instant contenders in the West and, and probably in the American league. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, Joe. Hey, and just one thing about uh, Soto, that's kind of interesting to me. It, you know, you look at his numbers from this year, Joe, what, 275, 35 home runs, 109 RBIs, 32 doubles. And he leads the big leagues, I think with 132 walks, you know, th- that line kind of reminds me of Jim Tomey. You know, left-handed mm-hmm. hitter who walked a lot, you know, really didn't and hardly ever went out of the zone to chase bad pitches. Kind of a kind of I think just kind of an interesting uh, comparison, I think. 
Yeah, and and the and the the power to hit the ball out to all fields. We, yeah. We've seen that over the last few years. I mean, he hits as many home runs to left field as he does to right field. So, uh, yeah, he he's going to fit in really well in that lineup. Uh, his I, it was put an over under on what his OPS could be uh, in in the in, in next season. I mean, his on base percentage is probably going to be you know just at the top of the league for for sure. Uh, just his ability to get on base and, you know, with, with the, uh, you know, with the guys hitting behind him, he's, he's going to get pitches to hit as well. So uh should be interesting. Uh, a couple other signings uh, that took place uh, at the end of the winter meetings here. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, gets about what, $80 million to, to go to the, um, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, and, you know, this is a team that went to the world series last year and now they add, one of the top left-hand pitchers on the uh, free agent market. Yeah, and uh, he's out of the uh, Guardians' hair. He went three and zero against them last season, so you know they don't have to see him that much anymore in Detroit. And you know, I feel bad for the Tigers with this guy, Joe. I mean, they could have mm-hmm. traded this guy uh, at at the deadline to the Dodgers. He turns that deal down for family reasons. Uh, you know, two years ago he, he hardly pitched at all. For you know, uh, you know, he had to leave the team for for more you know kind of you know personal problems, and then you know he opts out of his deal with the first opportunity with the Tigers, and it goes it goes to Arizona, which if, if I'm not mistaken isn't too far away from uh, from California or Los Angeles. So you know, I just uh, I think uh, the Tigers you know got a good season out of him or. You know, last season was a good season, but they kind of got the short end of that stick, I think. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and weep for the Tigers, Hoinsey. Uh <laughs> Sorry about that. I, we we see the Tigers far too often uh, for 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 me to to shed a tear uh, when when something doesn't break their way, I guess. Uh, but I get your point. I I totally understand. Yes, uh, he he sort of left them hanging and sort of jerked them around a little bit, but he also went out and got twice as much as he would have made. Uh, if he had come back to them and, and picked up the rest of that, uh, uh, those option years on the contract with them. So you, you think about it, uh, he set himself up and whatever family issues he's got going on, uh, $80 million can make a lot of, uh, a lot of issues go away or, or can make some, make some appear, I guess, uh, as well. Uh, another, uh, thorn in the Guardians side, uh, this one actually uh, gets a little bit closer. Uh, Jamer Candelario is uh, is now with the Reds. He signs a, a deal with Cincinnati. Uh, so the Guardians uh, get to see him at spring training and get to see him a couple of times during the regular season on a regular basis. Now uh, they add Candelario, who always tortures them, uh, always tortures Cleveland. Uh, the Reds add him uh, to a nice young core that they've got going on down there. Yeah, three year, reported three year, forty five million dollar deal. Uh, he had an interest, a pretty good, maybe a career year last year. Joe, uh, two fifty one. He slashed two fifty one, three thirty six, four seventy one. Hit twenty two home runs, including thirty nine with thirty nine doubles. And uh, you know he was traded at the deadline from uh, Washington. Uh, to the Cubs. Now he's, you know, going to the Reds, so he's staying in the uh, NL Central. Uh, pretty good player. He's gotten better, Joe. You know, when yeah. we first saw him with the Tigers, you know, you liked his bat, but you, there was no spot to play him because he was he was a butcher in the field. But mm-hmm. he's gotten better defensively. 
Uh, you can play him what? It, they, I think the, the Tigers play him at third, short, first base. Yeah. He was all over the place. Yeah, he can he can play on the infield, you know, corners basically. Uh, and and what three of those twenty two home runs at least came against the uh, uh, the Guardians last season. I uh, he 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 really took it out on them uh, when he was playing with Washington. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to see a little bit of Candelario. And uh, again, these are um, these are moves that affect the Guardians down the line when 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 the season starts, but. Right now, it's just sort of being passers-by and, and watching as as other teams sign some of these uh, these players that uh, you know the Guardians aren't going to make too many moves in, in free agency and, and make too many signings. And uh, I think uh, the fans have to be resigned to some of that right now. Uh, hey, uh, when they do make a move or they do make a signing, uh, we will have it on subtext first. Our subtext community is great. We uh, we talk back and forth with fans. Uh, Cleveland.com/slash/subtext. Sign up for uh, $3.99 a month to get messages sent directly to your phone as soon as they happen, um, as soon as moves happen. Uh, it's uh, cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346 if you want to sign up. Uh, Hoinsey and me would love to hear from you there. Uh, before we go, Hoinsey, uh, as we, as we uh, wrap up today, uh, announcement this morning uh, that Later on this summer, I, I believe it's what July 20th at uh, at the uh, at the ballpark. Uh, the big uh, major summer announcement that we were all waiting for is the <laughs> uh, the announcement of the uh, Def Leppard and Journey uh, Stadium tour is going to hit uh, Cleveland on July 30th. They're going to play Progressive Field uh, just like Elton John did a couple years back. Uh, what what's your feeling on uh, stadium concerts at ballparks in the middle of the season and, and their effect on the, uh, on the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the ballpark after uh, the, the concert leaves town. Oh my good. My goodness. That, I, 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 you know, I, I really don't have an opinion, Joe, but if you're playing, if you're playing on the outfield, if you're a Cleveland outfielder and, and, and you, you have to come back and, and play on that field after a concert, especially at the old stadium when they had the, you know, that the uh, rock and uh, I forget the what boys. The- the yeah, the boys. Beach Boys, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They had those, you know, that 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 rock and roll series, you know, the World the, Series was, of Rock. Yeah, yeah, the World Series of Rock. You know, those. It was like a, you know, it was like playing on concrete. It was like a battleground out there after after all the concert goers left. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to, you know, I hope they make a lot of money because you, you, the, the outfielders and uh, Brandon Brandon, Brandon Kanky is not going to be a happy man. Yeah, I was just going to say, I know one person who's definitely not going to be pleased uh, about this announcement. Uh, however, uh, you know, if you take it back, uh, I believe it was the Elton John tour uh, a couple summers ago uh, that afterwards there was rain on a Sunday afternoon game with the White Sox uh, that had to be postponed because uh, Tito and Tony La Russa went out there. They were standing in the uh, in the outfield and there was just pools of water in left field. And, and Tito and, and La Russa agreed that. Uh, they, they couldn't play under those conditions. Uh, I know there was a long delay and, and when the weather finally cleared up that, you know, they, they decided that they couldn't play. So uh, hopefully precautions will be taken to uh, preserve the outfield and, and no one will get hurt in, in that regard. What's your uh, what's your favorite Def Leppard song, Hoinsey? You got a you got a an all time favorite Def Leppard song? I 
Joe, I, I'm you've showing my age. Of, you've <laughs> never heard of Def Leppard. I've, I've heard of them, but I couldn't name one of their songs if you put a gun to my head. Yeah, I, Jour- I, what journey. journey. I got Journey. You can't stop what? believing, right? Is that don't, that's a Journey? Don't stop believing. There you go. Don't. Lights. I, I would go with Lights as my personal favorite Journey song. Uh, Def Leppard. Everybody loves uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Uh, oh, okay. That, that's a that's a really good one. That stadium is going to be packed with a lot of Gen X uh, people my age and, and, and you know people who uh, you know are there for a good time. It'll be uh, a lot of fun this summer. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you hooked on on Def Leppard throughout the uh, spring so that you can. Uh, well, I know I've heard some show. of their songs. I just don't know the names. <laughs> All right, Hoinsey, uh That'll wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'll uh, check in with you again tomorrow, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. Thank you.